Hi, everyone. A few weeks ago, a poll from the Palestinian Center for Policy and Survey Research released a report on current Palestinian attitudes. The PSR, as it's called, is a highly respected research outfit that was able to conduct what all observers seem to agree is a very accurate poll, even amidst the chaos of Gaza. It's pretty bleak. Hamas's popularity has increased since the war. Support for armed struggle has gone up. Most Palestinians believe that Hamas will win the war and remain in charge in Gaza. They do not want the Palestinian Authority or any other Arab authority to run Gaza after the war. The vast majority have not seen the footage of Hamas's attack on October 7th and don't believe that the group committed any atrocities against Israel. They say that it's the United States and Europe who have lost their moral values, not the Palestinians. Yet the poll is most interesting where it breaks down the viewpoints between Palestinians in the West Bank and those in Gaza. There are major differences. On the whole, Palestinians in the West Bank are much more radicalized, more militant, more pro-Hamas, more supporting of armed struggle than those in Gaza. We'll consider why that might be. They seem to be entrenched in a mood of despair that does not see a way forward. There does not seem to be a sense of aspiration towards an achievable political horizon that will secure them independence and dignity. It's hard not to draw the conclusion that Palestinian nationalism is less about national liberation than about national elimination of Israel. Of course, it takes two to tango, and thus far, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is refusing to dance. He has declared once again his opposition to the creation of a Palestinian state. And this is putting him at odds with other high-ranking officials who are wanting to talk about plans for the day after, for when the war in Gaza ends. They understand that there needs to be a political component beyond the military campaign. So it's not just Palestinian politics that can't envision a horizon. Israel's politics also seem stuck, for the time being anyway, with Netanyahu's intractable position. Still, the Palestinian poll is an upsetting one. Now, I am, of course, not Palestinian, and so there's no doubt I'll be missing some nuances here, but let's take a look at the broad strokes to understand where Palestinians are right now and what this all means for the near future. I'm your host, Jason Harris, and this is Jewah to Know. I would say to young people that we can do everyone our share to redeem the world. First, let's talk about numbers regarding the two-state solution. Now, 30% of Palestinians support a two-state solution. That is, the idea of an independent Palestinian state alongside Israel. And this number hasn't changed much with the onset of the war. The poll actually shows that it has increased by a couple of percentage points. So to the extent that a third of Palestinians believe in two states, Hamas hasn't managed to convince them otherwise. But if we wanted, the details could be interpreted as slightly more positive than that. The 70% who oppose the two-state solution may tend to do so not because they are necessarily against the idea in theory, but because they don't think it's going to happen, mostly because of the expansion of Israeli settlements in the West Bank. In another poll, this one from just a few days ago in mid-January, Palestinians were given more specifics. Instead of just declaring their support or opposition to a two-state solution, 
they were asked to pick from three choices that all involved negotiated solutions. The first choice is the two-state solution, based on the borders that were in place in 1967, before Israel captured the West Bank and Gaza in the Six-Day War. The second choice is a one-state solution, although the poll did not specify whether that one state would be a majority Jewish or a majority Palestinian. The third choice is a confederation, in which there are two independent Jewish and Palestinian states, but they overlap in certain areas, such as residency rights for both Jews and Palestinians in each other's territories. And then there was a fourth option, the blanket other. When Palestinians were given these choices, 51% went for the two-state solution. A quarter went with other, 10% for the one state, and 7% for the confederation. Why? The crucial detail, it seems, is the inclusion of a specific border. The survey, led by Dr. Khalil Shikaki, writes that, quote, while the regular support opposition question omits any reference to the borders of the state, the single most important attribute of statehood for Palestinians, the question on the three solutions defines these borders as those of the 1967 lines, end quote. So in a scenario in which a Palestinian state would be created on most or all of the territory taken by Israel in 1967, a slim majority of 51% of Palestinians want that solution. Negotiations, diplomacy, two separate independent states. In a democratic situation, that would be a victory. So that's the potentially good news. There's also bad news. When the question is, what's the best way to achieve an end to the occupation and establish an independent state, 63% of Palestinians say it is through armed struggle. And that's a 10-point increase from before the war. Only 20% say that the best way is through negotiations, a number that is unchanged from before the war. And today, 13% say that popular nonviolent resistance is the best way. And before the war, that number was 24%. It's hard to figure out the overlaps here. You have a majority of Palestinians who envision armed struggle as the key to their independence, although it's not clear whether such a struggle will end in two states or in a single Palestinian state that supplants the Jewish one. It's hard to parse which one it is. So since the war began, support for violence has gone up to a solid majority, while support for diplomacy and nonviolence has either gone down or stayed where it was, it's a grim statistic. But what's really interesting about it is the breakdown between Palestinians in the West Bank and those in Gaza. And it's worth looking at this to understand why. So support for armed struggle against Israel has increased since the war began. Things like violence and terrorism are more popular amongst a majority of Palestinians, 63%, than they were before the war. But there's a difference between the West Bank and Gaza. In the West Bank, support for armed struggle went up from 54 to 68%, 14 points. But in Gaza, it only went up 5 points, from 51 to 56. That is, three months into this war, more Palestinians in the West Bank support violence than do Palestinians in Gaza. 
The question is why. Gaith Al-Omari is a longtime Palestinian diplomat and scholar currently at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. And he has two answers to this question, as discussed on the Tikva podcast a couple weeks ago. The first answer is that, quite simply, Palestinians in the West Bank aren't bearing the brunt of this war. It doesn't cost them anything to believe in and support violence because they haven't had to face the consequences in the way that Gazans have. This experience might have dampened the appeal in Gaza for violence as compared with the West Bank, although more than half of Gazans still also support violence. The second reason is the relationship with Hamas. Al-Omari points out that the attack on October 7th is seen as a spectacular success. He says that this was the biggest military achievement against Israel since the beginning of the Arab-Israeli conflict. But that's a different metric than winning. Al-Omari says that West Bank Palestinians are, quote, completely inundated by a Hamas-driven narrative that they are winning the war, end quote. And so it's a simple equation. If violence is winning, then violence is good. But Gazans no different. Al-Omari says that it's one thing to do a spectacular terrorist attack for a day, but another to sustain a military campaign over a longer period. Gazans are looking at the destruction of Gaza and seeing Hamas's military failures. A similar effect is at work when Palestinians consider whether Hamas's decision to attack Israel was the right one. 72% of Palestinians said it was the correct decision. But here again, we have a wide division between the West Bank and Gaza. 82% of the West Bank compared to only 57% of Gazans. Once again, the disparity may be due to Gazans having to pay the price in a way that the West Bank does not. It begs a fascinating question. If most Palestinians think Hamas was correct to attack Israel on October 7th, then why did they think Hamas attacked Israel? The Israeli side of the equation has its own answers. It's the long-term campaign to annihilate Israel and the short-term effort to disrupt peaceful relations between Israel and the Arab states, all with Iran's backing as the puppet master pulling the strings. But the majority of Palestinians cited two other reasons. Jewish attacks on the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, then freeing prisoners from Israeli jails. Al-Aqsa is Islam's third holiest site. It's the mosque that sits on top of the Temple Mount next to the gold dome of the rock. For a century, Arab leaders have claimed Jewish attacks on the mosque to rile up the masses, an accusation that has rarely ever been true. Jews do not routinely attack the mosque. On the other hand, Arabs do consider Jews going up to the Temple Mount an attack in and of itself, as well as riot police from Israel responding to attacks that are coming from inside the mosque, which is often wrecked by Palestinian militants. It's a flashpoint that is used to justify Palestinian violence, and it's one of Hamas's favorite tactics. The other reason is Palestinian prisoners. Gaith Alomari says that nearly every Palestinian is one or two degrees of separation removed from a prisoner in Israeli jails. Quote, so no surprise that Palestinians bought this messaging from Hamas, end quote. Plus there is historical precedent. Hamas captured a single Israeli soldier, Galad Shalit, in 2006, and released him five years later for more than a thousand prisoners, including Yahya Sinwar, the leader of Hamas in Gaza today. But there is another reason that wasn't given or wasn't asked. 
Hamas's efforts to overthrow the Palestinian Authority and completely take over Palestinian politics. There's a roller coaster aspect to Hamas. When they're fighting Israel, they are popular. When they are not fighting Israel, they're not popular. This, of course, incentivizes Hamas to fight Israel. 70% of Palestinians say they are satisfied with Hamas's role in the current war, and 60% say they want Hamas to stay in charge in Gaza afterwards. But once again, significant differences between Gaza and the West Bank. Palestinians in Gaza aren't stupid. They know better than anyone of Hamas's murderous tyranny. And after each war that Hamas starts with Israel, Gazans see the destruction that the violence brought upon them. So while Hamas is popular, more so now than before the war, that's different than whether the terror group is supported. Before the war, 38% of Gazans said they supported Hamas. Now 42% do, just a slight rise. And while just over half of Gazans think that Hamas will continue to rule in Gaza after the war, only 38% of them want them to. And that is on the one hand a low number, yet it's also higher than the percentage for any other potential group, such as the Palestinian Authority. It demonstrates how few political options Gazans see for the future. The point is that this tracks with what we've seen so far. The population most susceptible to Hamas's violence is also the most skeptical about its rule. While Gazans blame Israel for the destruction, they also hold Hamas responsible. But the picture is much different amongst Palestinians in the West Bank. There, only 12% of people supported Hamas before the war, and now that number is 44%. But a full 75% of West Bank Palestinians want Hamas to continue ruling Gaza after the war, 85% of them are satisfied with Hamas's performance during the war, as compared with only half of Gazans. I know these numbers are confusing. What they're telling us is that West Bank Palestinians are much more radical than Gazans. They're much more supportive of Hamas, much more supportive of armed violence, and much more likely to think the war is going Hamas's way. So what is going on? The answer might have less to do with Hamas itself than with its rival, the Palestinian Authority, which governs the West Bank. Hamas is popular, remember, only when it attacks Israel. It's the classic rally-around-the-flag effect of declaring support for your own side during wartime. But support for Hamas goes to a deeper level. It's an indication of just how much the Palestinian Authority is hated by Palestinians in the West Bank. The Palestinian scholar Gaith Al-Omari says that West Bank Palestinians see what's happening as resistance and revenge, but their support for Hamas is also a protest vote against the Palestinian Authority. The Israeli journalist Haviv Retegur says that it's a lot more about activism, identification, and affinity than what West Bank Palestinians actually expect to happen. The PA is deeply unpopular and widely hated, for its corruption, for its ineptitude, for its authoritarian rule, and for its security cooperation with Israel. Hamas wants to capitalize on this. They want to use the popularity they get from war with Israel to solidify their support in the West Bank and push out the PA. 
The poll digs into various political scenarios of which party would win an election, which personality would win as president. Since the war began, Hamas's popularity has dramatically increased, but they haven't crossed the 50% mark yet. The current PA president, Mahmoud Abbas, is absolutely hated. But depending on who would run to replace him, the election could be a toss-up between the leader of Hamas, Ismail Haniyeh, and some other popular Palestinian figure like Marwan Barghouti. So Hamas is close, but they're not there yet. In Hamas's favor is the media environment. Palestinians in Gaza don't need the news to see what's going on. But Palestinians in the West Bank are getting total propaganda. Between Al Jazeera, other Arab media, and Hamas's own social media feeds, West Bank Palestinians are seeing endless and breathless media coverage about Hamas's victories and Israeli atrocities. Across the board, 95% of Palestinians think that Israel has committed war crimes. Only 10% think that Hamas has. But here again, 17% of Gazans think that Hamas has committed atrocities, while only 5% of West Bank Palestinians do. But then again, only 15% of Palestinians admit to having seen Hamas's videos from the October 7th massacre. But here again, 25% of Gazans say they've seen the footage, but only 7% of the West Bank have. So there's a huge discrepancy in which Palestinians have access to what reporting, which has an impact in how they view the conflict and understand what is going on. So given all this, the popularity of Hamas, the increased support for armed struggle, the propaganda media environment that emphasizes Israeli war crimes while claiming Hamas victories, is there a way forward? There doesn't seem to be. Hamas is an impossibility, but there simply isn't anyone else whom Palestinians trust. The PA for its corruption and association with the West, the United States and Europe for their support of Israel, and the Arab countries have a long history of usurping Palestinian politics for their own purposes, leaving the Palestinians with even less independence, dignity, and agency. Gaith Al-Omari says that the Palestinian political system is stagnant, there simply are no Palestinian leaders who have both enough support amongst the people and the ability to manage what will be a massive undertaking of reconstruction after the war. He says, quote, Today there is very little that Palestinians believe in. Diplomacy has failed, and it's unreasonable to expect people to support something that has failed. More than that, if your political leaders who continue to advocate this, like Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas and others, are so lacking in credibility, that makes it even less likely that you would support the idea, end quote. Of course, there is a third way besides violence and diplomacy, and that is nonviolent resistance, a kind of civil rights struggle for Palestinian rights and independence. Palestinians had some success with this in the 1980s and early 1990s, especially from student union groups and other outfits. But besides the sporadic occurrence, it never really caught on. There's a general sense that the only entity that can possibly govern Gaza after the war is the Palestinian Authority. For better or for worse, they're the ones in charge in the West Bank. 
They're the ones whom Israel and the United States and the EU know as the official representative of the Palestinian people. But to do so, it would need to be drastically reformed so that it could act like a real political party and a real government. And for that to happen, Israel would need to buy in. Netanyahu's policy all these years, but really going back even before him, was to play the PA and Hamas off each other to prevent a single entity emerging which could move towards Palestinian statehood. But now, Israel would have to do its part to support a reforming Palestinian authority, to demonstrate that the PA can achieve benefits for the Palestinian people with Israel's cooperation. But the PA has a very long way to go to even be in a position to take advantage of that. So is there any point of convergence between Palestinian and Israeli attitudes? Well, both hate their leaders. Some 85% of Israelis wouldn't vote for Benjamin Netanyahu again. Some 90% of Palestinians want Mahmoud Abbas to resign. Perhaps, once the war is over, that's the place to start. Until the war in Gaza ends, there's no moving forward. Israel has actually pulled out most of its reserve army from Gaza, sending a couple hundred thousand soldiers home and starting to dial back the intensity of its operations. The war seems to be at a hinge moment. We're starting to reach a point where it might not be possible for Israel to eliminate the threat of Hamas and also save the hostages. And so a decision may have to be made. In the meantime, the soldiers heading home after three long months of war might not be there for too long. Things are heating up on the northern border with Hezbollah, and it's entirely possible that war will break out there. We'll see what happens. As always, I'm at jewautono.com, and my email is jewautonopodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Yisrael Chai, the Jewish people live. <laughs>